Okay. So I need uh, a couple of helpers. <laughs> I have some index cards and some pens and colored pencils to help us uh, with our intention ceremony this evening. So maybe maybe one other person, maybe if you'll hand out the cards and you'll hand out mark pens for anyone who needs it. Those of you who are creative, inclined, I have colored pencils up here as well. You're welcome to come and get them. You need another blanket? <laughs> oh, you have to get out of the blanket. That's right. <laughs> Maybe Eve can, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Great. And you can just hang on to those for now. We're going to get to them in a little bit. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Right, so Happy New Year's, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Eve. This is such an interesting, kind of fascinating marker in our year, New Year's. And in some ways, I am really moved by the fact that here is this day or this evening that for not everybody, but for many people around the world, people stop and reflect on this past year and also make intentions or resolutions for the next year. And there aren't many traditions that are that global. Uh, There aren't that many moments in time where perhaps we're all called together around the same time to um, stop and reflect in this way. And so it makes me think of the power of collective intention and how when you have even a group this size, if we all get together to create a collective intention, that's actually really powerful. There's something very powerful about that. And then to think about people all around the globe doing something similar uh, there's, that's, that's powerful. So I like to think about it in that way. And then there's the cynical side of me <laughs> that looks at it in another way, which is, you know, okay, I've made intentions and resolutions in past years, and they almost never work out. <laughs> and I've heard that many times from many different people, uh, that resolutions don't really work, and um, oftentimes the resolutions we're making can have a, a su- well, this might be um, judgmental, <laughs> but a superficial feel to it. That's how, what, how I feel about it. Um, and then how we're celebrating and bringing in the new year, perhaps not always so skillful, right? Um <laughs> 
maybe this is the wrong crowd. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us have. <laughs> right. So there's this part of me um for those reasons that that does not get excited about <laughs> New Year's and um making resolutions for a new year and what does that mean and what's the point and um yeah, so I just want to name both of those happening at the same time. And and since becoming um, uh, a guiding teacher here at, for this community, I think this is maybe the second or third year that I've um, done this evening. And so it it's helped me to reframe, reframe and... Uh, take a deeper look at the purpose of intention through the context of the Buddhist practice and the practice that we're doing here. Because interestingly enough, the Buddha talks a lot about intention and, and having resolve, wise resolve. He talks a lot about this. So this is actually very much part of the practice here making intention. But perhaps why uh, I get cynical about this time of year and feel like, okay, so these resolutions, they don't really work, perhaps it's because of uh, seeing the difference between a wise resolution or intention and an unwise intention or resolution, which is part of what the Buddha's teachings are pointing towards that there's there's a difference. There's one and the other. So which one are we creating <laughs> at this time of year? And when we don't have, when we start with an unwise intention, then where does that lead to? Why is that not resolving into something that we were hoping for, which I think is mostly more happiness and contentment. Isn't that what most of our resolutions really are pointing towards? We're looking for some deeper happiness or at least a little bit more contentment in ourselves, in our work, in our day-to-day, in our relationships. We just want things to be a little bit better this year than they were last year. Or we want things that went really well this last year just to stay how they were. (laughs) No changing, please. (laughs) And so um, this is actually fine in a sense, but maybe not looking at the deeper connection to how things really are, which is that one, they're changing all the time. So wanting them to stay exactly the same, not going to happen It just doesn't work that way. Things are always changing. Life is in flux. We are part of life. We are always in flux. And also that the things that we are seeking happiness in, they are also in flux. They're constantly changing. So if we're not looking to the root of what is causing real true happiness, 
and um, dissatisfaction or unhappiness, if we're just looking at the superficial layer, you know, I wish I made more money this year. I wish my uh, my workout regimen was existing. <laughs> I wish I ate better, took care of myself more. Um, you know, whatever it is. We're not, we're really looking at a superficial layer of happiness, right? Looking to the things outside of ourselves, or not looking deep enough at the roots of our unhappiness. And so this practice calls for us to go a lot deeper. And so we're going to do that this evening. So wise intention or wise resolve, this is actually the second factor in the Eightfold Path. So this, this is the Eightfold Path. Many lists in Buddhism, I'm always having to say that. <laughs> Lots of lists in Buddhism, the Buddha taught in lists. And this is one of this is really the quintessential list in in Buddhism, the Eightfold Path. And so each path factor, each part of the path, is part of a whole, part of a whole instruction, part of a whole way of living, of practicing, in order to find ultimate happiness, freedom uh, in our mind, in our body in our hearts, uh, awakening, different ways of saying it, but all leading when they come together and they're truly understood and experienced, all are leading to this, this deeper happiness, contentment, balance. This is really what we're looking for, isn't it? whatever you want to call it. But this, this deeper um, way of being. And so intention is just a part of this. It's just a part of it. But it's an important part. And part of having wise intention, which is the factor here, not just intention or resolution, it's wise intention, wise resolve, as opposed to unwise intention, unwise resolve. We don't think of it in that way very often. We sometimes get really focused in this practice in looking at, well, what's the wise thing to do, which is important. And we also have to look at when we are being led by or stuck by our unwise intention, unwise resolve. What are those habits that we have that keep popping up, that we keep believing in, that we keep uh, acting from, that we keep speaking from? What What are those that keep showing up? I found this great quote today. I was looking at different quotes about the new year. And unfortunately, it's, uh, I don't know who said it. It's an anonymous quote. But it says, Many people look forward to the new year for a new start 
on old habits. <laughs> and it's very much like that. I think that's that cynical side of, you know, these resolutions aren't working because we end up going back to our old ways of being, our old patterning, our old habits. Our mind is so strongly set in certain ways that simply stating this year, I will, blah, 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 isn't enough. It's a start, but it isn't enough. And a lot of the times it's because we are so habitually um, inclined and even trained to act from those uh, unwise intentions from our delusions, our misunderstandings, our fears. All of this comes into play, and they're deeply rooted. And so, of course, when we try to change directions, uh, it doesn't always work out. We get really disappointed. We feel bad about ourselves. We feel like we've really messed up. We've taken one step forward and then ten steps back, and we're just not getting anywhere, and we're just stuck. This is just how it is. Uh, Maybe next year. (laughs) We'll do it better next year. And so this is what happens, I think, with a resolve like like this. When we we have this unwise resolve, this um, not full understanding... So interestingly, um, the Buddha defines intention or resolve. I'm using those words interchangeably here. He says that, and what is right resolve? Being resolved on renunciation. So he's talking about not being led by things, putting our belief and our intentions and our our hope for happiness on things, on power, on status. Um, He's talking about the habit of greed. The habit of greed. So being resolved to, on renunciation, on freedom from ill will, on harmlessness. This is called right resolve. So really taking a look at what are, what are our deepest intentions. Are they free from those habits of greed? Are they free from uh, ill will towards ourself, towards others? Oftentimes I think these intentions, there's something uh, of an improvement um, uh, factor like... Um, I would be so much better of a person if I were, I don't know, tidier. (laughs) Or if I were um, a slower driver or whatever. And those might be nice intentions, but underneath it, there often can be this flavor of uh, disliking for ourselves. Maybe even uh, the flavor of self-hatred. Um, 
I think that when there's this flavor of self-hatred or disliking and needing to be a certain way other than just how we are in this moment when we're nitpicking ourselves, uh, this, this is not um, the practice of harmlessness. So in there, it's tricky. I think we have to be careful with our resolves and look for that. I think so, much, so many of us hold ourselves in this way, um, this, this unsatisfactoriness about just our humanness of who we are. We, we nitpick ourselves. We're our worst critic, aren't we? So this practice of harmlessness, this practice of renunciation from greed, wanting from the outside world, from uh, feeling like if only I had blah, 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 everything would be better. If that was true, we'd go get it, and it would be better. (laughs) But we do, we go out and we get it, and it's okay for a little while, maybe it's better for a little while, but then it's back to unsatisfactoriness again, isn't it? So again, we're looking at these superficial layers of happiness. We're wanting to go deeper. So why is it so important to have wise intention, to start looking at the root of what's causing our unhappiness, our greediness, our ill will, our delusions? These are the roots of our unhappiness, our fear. So it's important because our actions and our speech, they all cause ripple effects. Everything we do and say through our intentions, even the things that we think, the activities of the mind that come out of our intention, all of it creates these ripple effects. This is karma. The Buddha says that Intention, I tell you, is karma. Intending, one does karma by way of body, speech, and mind. So what he's saying is that whenever we, whatever we say, whatever we do and think out of these intentions, that are born out of these intentions, whether it's wise intention or unwise intention, they have an effect. And that effect or that ripple out might be immediate. We might see it immediately. We say something and it has an immediate <laughs> effect on what the other person says back or uh, you know, the harmony that we're creating within uh, a relationship. Or it might take some time. It might show up much later down the line. We've all probably uh, caused action that didn't seem to make much of a difference in the moment. But then years pass, maybe many, many years, and the fruits from that action, maybe 10 years ago, suddenly appear. And karma can work this way. Now, uh, in the Buddhist teachings... There's the belief of uh, our next life and past lives. 
And so it goes further than that, whether you believe this or not. Uh, but this is the teaching that, that, we're, uh, that all of this is coming from, is that karma, sometimes those ripple effects don't even show up in this lifetime, but will show up in lifetimes to come. So this intention and what comes out of these intentions are really important. It's, it's very important. So t- just now, right in this moment, we're living the ripple effects of causes and conditions that happened before. The fact that you came here to the monastery th- this evening was for a reason. There was someone who invited you, uh, and you thought, yeah, that might be a good idea, or I'm curious about this. Or it might be that you've been really struggling, and you needed some kind of relief, or you're desperate for anything, even willing to come and sit in a cold room in silence for 45 minutes and sit with your mind and with your body. You know, a lot of us come here out of desperation for some kind of relief. Perhaps you just really like this practice, and you like it because you've seen the fruits of it. So whatever, whatever it is that brought you here, there were many causes and conditions, many intentions that have borne fruit to bring you here to this spot. It's not that far out, actually, of a concept. We see this in our daily life. Our actions have an effect. Our speech and even our mind, the things we don't say, the things we don't actually do, but we just think about it and think about it and think about it. And it starts to maybe overwhelm us or take over that train of thought that has a ripple effect when we don't stop it if it's unwholesome or when we don't recognize it and cultivate it when it is wholesome. These all have effects. So our intention is is very important. And I want to stop here for a moment so we can really look at our own intention So we'll take some time. Uh, What I'd like you to do on one side of your card, and I noticed some of you were taking notes on your card, which is okay, but if you want a a clean slate, (laughs) you're welcome to, there's plenty up here, you're welcome to get a new card, um, or you're welcome to use the one you just wrote on. And before you write, I'd like you to think about your deepest intention, And maybe this isn't an intention for the year. Maybe it's an intention for the moment. So think about it. An intention that's related to your actions, speech, mind, Your, inten- your intentions for that ultimate 
happiness, for freedom from suffering, from unsatisfactoriness. And these will be private, so you can write whatever you want on there. When you're ready, you can go ahead on one side to write down your, your deepest intention. Keeping in mind the ripple effects. What type of ripple effects would you like this intention to have? Is this intention coming from a renunciation of greed and a renunciation from ill will? Does it come from a place of harmlessness for yourself as well as others? And we'll just take bit of time to do that. So if you've written something down, uh, you might just sit with it for a little bit. And make sure it's something that is really resonating with you. And then if you need more time, just raise your hand so I can see that. So as I said, in this eightfold path, there's eight parts to it. Wise intention, wise resolve is one of eight, one part. For us to be able to um, manifest this intention, not once, but over and over again. We need the other seven uh, factors. I think it's really quite an extraordinary thing to have all eight instead of just the one. I think it's what makes all the difference in being able to manifest the intention rather than having that resolution and it falling apart and us getting disappointed and never seeing real fruit from it. So I'm not going to give a whole talk on the eight path factors. Um, We've actually done that not that long ago. But... I do want to remind you that it's part of the path. There's three sections to the path. uh, And this is part of the wisdom section of the path. There's also uh, um, more of the practice, I guess you could say the practice part of the path, the mindfulness and concentration 
practice side of the path. And then there's also the uh, part of the path that is related to sila or virtue, the practice of creating more harmony with ourselves and others. And all of this will support each other. And all of it will support this wise intention that you've just put down. So on the other side of your card, I want us to take time to write down what is it that supports that particular intention. And so it might be uh, cultivating more mindfulness, cultivating your practice, cultivating more concentration and effort to practice the wisdom or the uh, mindfulness and concentration. Maybe that's what will support it. Maybe it's cultivating the Brahma Viharas or the heart practices, um, loving kindness practice, compassion practice, uh, sympathetic joy practice, empathy, um, equanimity practice. Or perhaps it's another one of the heart practices that don't fit that, that particular list, like forgiveness practice. Perhaps in order to really stay in touch with this intention, we need to forgive ourselves or forgive another or both. Maybe it's uh, taking on a gratitude practice, getting in touch with the bounty of our life instead of being so focused on what we don't have, actually focusing on what we do have, the blessings of our life. Maybe it's a generosity practice that needs to be taken. Perhaps our deepest root is greed, and so needing to um, uproot that, and one way to do that is through a generosity practice. It might mean taking a really deep look at our fear. It might mean taking a deep look at our delusions, our ignorance, getting really honest with ourselves. getting to know the grittiness of our humanness, the hindrances, the things that, the parts of our mind that hinder our clarity, our wise intention. It might be looking at uh, the defilements, greed, hatred, delusion, those deep, deep roots within us that are causing 
so much of our unhappiness and unsatisfactoriness. I'm naming a lot of different lists right now, (laughs) if you're not familiar. There's so many different things that actually just taking time to notice and practice with can help that deeper intention. So taking time, if you haven't started writing already, you can write down, what is it that's needed? What do you need to look at? What needs to be practiced and strengthened in order to come back to this intention? Oh, my. (laughs) I did say a lot. I think I, I talked about mindfulness and concentration and effort. So really strengthening our foundations of practice, strengthening the mind and heart through our practice. I think those are the ones I started with. Another one, in case you didn't think of it, is starting in this moment. (laughs) That each moment we can start anew. We can come back to our intention. Our habits of uh, of unwise action are deep. I can't say that enough. They're deep. They go deep. We've been doing it in a certain way for a long time, Right? And so we'll probably do them again, most likely, until we've completely uprooted these habits. We'll see them again. But in the moment, if we can catch ourselves, maybe we catch ourselves before we do the act. Maybe we catch ourselves in the middle of it. Maybe we catch ourselves afterwards and it's all in reflection. But right in whatever moment you find yourself in is the perfect moment to restate your intention and your resolve. In fact, that's the only place we can do it. (laughs) I was having this conversation with my husband, Sean, at dinner. We were talking about resolutions and intentions. And he had this really great uh, quote that I asked if I could use because it was fantastic. He said, really, all that matters... Oh, I might misquote you, Sean. (laughs) I think you said something like, all that really matters is what's happening right now. What's happening five minutes from now is really none of your business. (laughs) And it's true. (laughs) We have no idea. But our mind can live in all these different dimensions of time that don't exist. All that's here is in this moment. In the moment is where we can set and reroute our wise intention, our wise resolve. We start anew in each moment. If we know it, if we know to do so, This was the Buddha's teachings. Beautiful teaching to his son, Rahula. 
um, his young son Rahula, who ordained at a very young age and went with his father, the Buddha. Can you imagine your father, the Buddha? <laughs> it's a lot to live up to. There's these beautiful teachings through the suttas of the Buddha teaching to his son. And one of them is this teaching of uh, knowing to um, pay attention and reflect before you act, during the action. We don't always catch ourselves beforehand. A lot of the times we don't catch ourselves beforehand. During the action and after. Sometimes we don't catch ourselves at all. And it's not until after we've done it. Even years later, even still, it's in the moment, whatever the moment is that we find ourselves in, that we're able to reflect, able to reestablish the intention. That's it. That's all we have. It's perfect. So we have our intentions. We have our, perhaps, practices or methods to keep reestablishing that intention, that wise intention, wise resolve. So to complete um, our intention setting, I'm going to uh, read you the Mangala Sutra, which is, it's a blessing in itself, but it's a sutta on blessings. Uh, it's, it's short, <laughs> but very powerful, so I'll, I'll try and read it slowly so we can really listen to it. And what I'd like you to do is just be in contact with the intention that you just wrote down. So you might hold it in your lap. Uh, you might hold it somewhere where you can feel it, uh, in your hands, at your heart, if that feels meaningful. And I'd like you to sit in open awareness, in receptivity. The sutta starts with somebody coming to the Buddha, asking for him to talk about the blessings of life. It says, many deities, men and women, yearning after good, having pondered on blessings, pray tell me, what are the great blessings? So this is the Buddha's response. And so you can think of this as a blessing in itself, that it may be... um, his words that help support uh, this deeper intention. And it might also just resonate, or parts of it resonate as uh, part of what will, part of the practice that will help um, these intentions take hold. So he says, not to associate with the foolish but to associate with the wise and to honor those who are worthy of honor. This 
is the great blessing. To reside in a suitable locality, to have done meritorious actions in the past, and to set oneself on the right course. This is the great blessing. To have much learning, to be skilled in handicraft, well-trained in discipline, and to be good, to be of good speech. This is great. This is the great blessing. To support mother and father, to cherish your spouse or part- partner and children, and to be engaged in peaceful occupation. This is the great blessing. To be generous in giving, to be righteous in conduct, to help one's relatives, and to be blameless in action. This is the great blessing. To loathe more evil and abstain from it, to refrain from intoxicants, and to be steadfast in virtue. This is the greatest blessing. To be respectful, humble, contented, and grateful. To listen to the Dharma on due occasions. This is the greatest blessing. To be patient and obedient. To associate with monks and nuns and to have religious discussions on due occasions. This is the greatest blessing. self-restraint, a holy and chaste life, the perception of the noble truths, and the realization of Nibbana. This is the greatest blessing. A mind unruffled by the vagaries of fortune from sorrow freed from defilements cleansed, from fear liberated. This is the greatest blessing. Those who thus abide even remain invincible in happiness established. These are the greatest blessings. So then in your mind, as you're sitting here, you can read your deepest intention to yourself. Concluding it with, this is a great blessing. And then finally, acknowledging that this path and these intentions, the karma that comes from these intentions, they connect us to each other. They connect us to something much larger than certainly this sense of self. 
They connect us to something very true and wise and ancient. That we are not on this path alone and that we have our supporters all around us. We can find them in the teachings. We can find them in our own insight. We can find them in the Dharma, in our community. We can find them in the people around us whom we don't even know that well. The people who are helpful and wonderful in our life and the people that provide us the challenges that we need. The quiet beings who are there in their quiet support. All of this available in every single moment. Your own mind and heart part of a collective mind and heart much larger than you can even imagine that this is the greatest blessing. And so we can collectively wish that whatever ripple effects come from these intentions, each individual intention, that it may be for the benefit of not just ourselves, but for all beings everywhere, for all beings in every direction. For the beings that we see and the beings that we don't see. The beings whom are living in harmony right now and the beings who are living in the opposite of harmony. May these intentions be for all beings everywhere and provide support in the awakening of all beings everywhere. So thank you for choosing to do this this evening and uh, have a happy new year. Drive safely or bike safely, walk safely wherever you're going next and uh, we'll see you in 2016. (laughs) Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.